You might not think that a few simple words could make you crave McDonald's breakfast sandwiches. But if you listen closely to the sound of me saying, McGriddles, McMuffin, you might be wrong. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Everybody, welcome to the Road to World Football Show. I am Patrick Darty, along with Denny Carter. Not allowed to tell you if it's Monday or Tuesday. Not allowed to tell you who told me I'm not allowed to tell you. Uh, don't ask. Uh, we're here to talk about all the biggest news from Week 14. We got shenanigans with T. Higgins. We got the Falcons making a quarterback switch because they don't, they want people to remember they exist. Uh, we have J.K. <laughs> Dobbins uh, having a 120 yard day. Got the dolphins struggling in the bright lights. They couldn't handle the peacock lights. Couldn't handle it. Couldn't handle it. They they choked. Bad deal. Uh, Damian Pierce is hurt or something. Seahawks backfield. Jordan Mason, so on and so forth. Thankfully, not many injuries. So not a ton of waiver wire fallout, Denny. But there was one injury. Uh, we didn't really know it was an injury since he yeah. wasn't on what is known as the injury report. Ah, yes. Um, T. Higgins where he apparently injured his hamstring in Thursday's practice, got in two limited sessions, and then was removed from the injury report. Is when you do when a player is not hurt. And then he played one snap against the Cincinnati Cleveland Browns, and we're all very angry considering a class action lawsuit. Yeah. Uh, curious, for sure. Zach Taylor, head coach of the Bengals, said, uh, quote, we didn't want him to open up and run. That doesn't mean – he couldn't run a goal line fade or the one yard uh, on the one yard line. There was no sense in ruling him out. I didn't see any reason for that. And as you said, Pat, in your Monday column, which everybody can find on NBCSportsEdge.com, that's not how this works. And uh, no. we should expect the NFL to confirm as much with probably a hefty fine because you can't you can't not have a guy on the injury report and then not play him. Say yes, he was hurt. But he could have re-entered. But I wasn't going to call. wasn't going to declare him out. This is this was my game. The Bengals Browns game was my game, and I was waiting, <laughs> scrolling through tweets for for I don't know ninety minutes, saying when is it going to come out? When are they going to say T Higgins declared out with in all caps? You know that's what I'm looking for out against the Browns. Didn't happen. And and then the sideline reporter for CBS said, coach's decision. He may or may not come back. So wait, they never even declared him out during the game. I don't think no. I realized that. No. Uh, wow, really. By the way, thanks for shouting out my column. Sorry, it's a little shorter than usual. So I'm a little under the weather. <laughs> in case you <laughs> couldn't have been able to tell my. But, but the, the best thing is, is that this is only the third week in a row. I, I remember, you know, don't make me laugh. Yeah, it's. Uh, no, I mean wow. we're hoping that this is the final week. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you get into a fourth week, but probably not. I'll tell you what, it's not a, it's quite a flu this year. That's all I can, all I can say, quite a flu, and we're quite mad at uh, who's the 
Zach Taylor because Zach Taylor. Yeah, I mean, I think we're gonna get into some real Bill Clinton. Like it depends on what the nature of is is what the injury yeah. report. Right. Because he'd be like he like, well, I thought the whole point of the injury reports, like if they're not gonna play, like yeah. uh, he's gonna he's gonna play. That doesn't mean I can't leave him off the injury report and have him play one snap. He played, didn't he? Yeah, I think that's gonna be like his defense with the NFL. But I do think so they just got fined for bending the rules by, by faking injuries. They got fined like heavily, like half a million dollars, I think. And you would have to assume another fight because this if yeah. every team starts approaching the injury report this way, it would be total chaos. Right. Think of what Belichick could do with this with this caveat. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. It, he, it would it just flies in the face of the in the of the spirit of the rule. Yeah. Uh by the way, I I I have to say. Uh, as a college football DFS thought leader, and I'm, I kid for, for those who don't follow me on Twitter or whatever, I kid, I, I actually, I'm terrible at it, but I do play some college football DFS. You would be shocked if you were to play college football DFS because this thing with yeah. T Higgins happens every, every week, week to multiple teams where no one knows because here's, here's the thing, Pat, the media, they d- do not cover college football teams. Well, it's, it's amazing. It's, they even the ones though that do the college rules, they don't have to do like a real injury. And and, and so you don't know who's going to be under center. No. You don't know who's going to be leading the backfield. No one knows anything unless you know the towel boy for one of the teams. And then you they maybe maybe you know. But this, so this T Higgins thing kind of struck me struck me kind of funny that way. Yeah, there's at least every week five teams in the AP top twenty five who do not reveal their quarterback until the opening snap, like. Wow, I don't know why Maryland's number three quarterbacks starting the game, but uh, he is. So, but he is, I um, guess. Yeah, he is. The, or, or, the, or this running back who wasn't even on the DraftKings player uh, pool uh, is uh, is starting, and he's going to get twenty five carries. Yeah, but producer Adam reminds us to, uh, by the way, to tell you, be sure to watch the Big Ten on NBC next year. Yeah, right. That's you should definitely watch that. I would say you actually should. I mean, I don't watch the Big Ten, so I won't be watching. I hate the Big Ten, but I love it. A lot of you. I'm, I'm an SEC guy, um, which I, I hated the SEC until I was in it. Uh, my school. Missouri. Right. I was going to say what would we, that, that, that. well, I'm still, yeah, I'm not calling myself an SEC guy. It'd be a bit much. I was well, a, I was a big 12 guy, like tried and true. Like mm-hmm. that was part of my personal identity. I grew up a, a diehard ACC guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it, I, I didn't watch anything else, basketball, football, whatever. I did not watch anything else except for ACC stuff. And, and ne- when Maryland went to the big 10, I was like, who am I? Like, I like I question like the nature of the universe. I didn't understand. That really is a, a horrible part of conference real life. It was actually, it really was part of my personal identity being like a big 12 member. Um, it, yeah. I, don't, I know what they're, it's all about the money. It is. Unfortunately, it does boil down to that more often than not. I'm told more often than not boils down to being good question mark at quarterback in Atlanta, Denny. Uh, <laughs> should we try that one again? It was the bye week for the Falcons. They announced they're finally making the switch from Marcus Mariota to Desmond Ritter. They took the Mariota experiment as far as it could possibly go. I don't know if you can even really call it an experiment. It's it was kind of just letting Marcus Mariota be Marcus Mariota and uh, running the same experiment that was run for several years in Tennessee. We got a little more of that like wild hair running that we never got in Tennessee. Right. He was a much more effective runner. Yeah, 438 yards rushing the season by far. Mm-hmm. Most of his career, just the next step never came as a passer. Now they're going to Desmond Ritter. I mean, it's too little too late, obviously, for the Falcon season. Not that it would have ever mattered to begin with. 
is there anything here for fantasy, either from like a super yeah. flex Ritter perspective or just a Drake London perspective, or maybe when Kyle Pitts comes off injured reserve, I have to double check when that is happening while you're talking. So I want to say first that I, I do think, you know, Mariota's time with the team obviously is over. Uh, I do think that Mariota could be fun for fantasy purposes in a slightly more modernized, less archaic offense uh, because because of that willingness to to run. Nah, he's uh, not good enough. No, he's not. He's not good. I'm not saying he's good, but he's but but I mean, if he if he's in a high volume uh, offense, I think that it it could. I be mean, good. I think if he was in a high volume offense, it would just immediately become a low volume offense because they wouldn't Possibly. want it to be high volume. Possibly, but yeah. Speaking of volume. Um, you know, he averaged four and a half rushing attempts per game. He was fifth in the league uh, among uh, among quarterbacks with uh, in rushing attempts. Now, if you assume that Ritter is not going to run nearly as much as Mariota, and I think that that's a pretty safe assumption, then you will have a little more, not a lot more, but a little more drop back volume for the Falcons. So, you know, you have maybe three, four, maybe five more drop backs per game. You know, that has a small impact on the um you know on the main receivers on on london on olomides Zacchaeus, on other other guys that we know are nfl players uh and and, and so that that's the main impact there is that you're going to get a, a little a few more passing attempts per game for these falcons receivers and uh by the way I meant kyle pitts is done for the year officially i couldn't remember if he is i didn't know if he was a candidate to be activated from injury reserve he is not but I mean, Ritter, I kind of remembered the knock on Ritter coming out of Cincinnati was that he's like so textbook that it was like almost mechanical, like he was almost like rigid. Mm-hmm. I definitely kind of got the sense uh, when I watched film of him. And by film, I mean three to four YouTube uh, cut-ups. And sure. He doesn't do anything all that impressive. Uh, I mean, I guess maybe there has to be a little more passing volume because why would there so. not be, like you said? And hopefully that's good for Drake London. I mean, maybe it's good for PPR scamming with Olamide Zacchaeus, but right, uh, yeah, it's hard to. I mean, I, I could see things getting worse instead of better uh, for the Falcons. So I, I, you know, one thing that I think we have discovered the hard way this year is that teams uh, quarterbacked by you know guys who are ready and willing to flee the pocket at any moment, uh, it can be it can be tough action for for anybody but the alpha receiver. So in Buffalo, you have Stephen Diggs and no one else. In in Baltimore, you have, I guess, Mark Andrews and no one else. Um, you know, in in uh, in Atlanta, you you cannot produce that kind of volume if your quarterback is dropping back and then taking off and therefore eliminating that pass attempt. It just crushes potential volume. So we, I think, we have to be aware of that going into next year. It's something that I will bookmark myself. Yeah. So yeah, Ritter. I mean, uh, he was never a terror. I mean, he was he was a decent passer. He was a decent runner. Yeah, he was just kind of like he's like a classic like, uh, gosh, what is the the sum is greater than the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. The whole and, is summier than the part of its yeah, whole. Yeah, uh, basically, wouldn't have very high expectations for Ritter yeah. individually or for the Falcons. Right, he's a perfectly mid quarterback. A Desmond Ritter. Uh, Man, you gotta stop using that. I will never stop using mid. I will use it until my kids think I'm cool. 61% completion rate in the preseason, 7.7 yards per attempt. He threw three touchdowns and two interceptions in three appearances. So he is perfectly acceptable as a, you know, kind of like, I don't, I don't want to say mid-tier, bottom level 
uh, NFL starters. He seems like a 61% completion percentage waiting to happen. That feels like a very, very Desmond Ritter statistic to me. We have a viewer who who smartly says, are you saying he's Desmond Mitter? Oh, my gosh. And, and yes, I am. <laughs> Dear God. Denny's kids must rein him in. Yeah. They must rein him in. Denny J.K. Dobbins did the only thing we didn't think was uh, possible, make the Ravens backfield, make the Ravens offense in general just more confusing. He comes back. He leads on Sunday 15 carries for 120 yards, uh, second most rushing yards of his entire career, one of the best statistical performances by any Ravens running back all season. He had the big the, – the bulk of that yardage was a 44-yard carry in the first quarter. But, you know, as people were kind of talking about – you could almost see him like not even trying to joke. Like you could almost see him like dragging his left leg yeah. on that run. Like he didn't look anywhere close to hundred percent healthy, did not look anywhere close to like his pre-injury form. And so people will get excited about the stat line, but is, is it kind of misleading? Should we not really, should we still just be treating JK Dobbins as like a, a volatile flex? How should we treat JK Dobbins after yeah. a 120 yard day? I, I think, he, I think he's a fine flex. I, I, I don't know how volatile he'll be because um, you know, he should be more of a floor play. I, w- I would think he split the backfield basically against the Steelers, uh, 13 carries for Gus Edwards, 15 for JK Dobbins. The the difference was Dobbins ripped off a 44 yard run. Um, D- Dobbins ran 10 routes to two for Edwards, but really nobody, no running back, um, for, especially for as long as Lamar Jackson, the sideline, no Baltimore running back is going to see any significant work, uh, as a pass catcher out of that backfield. I will say that Dobbins, you know, just looking at his season long numbers and it's kind of been uh, kind of a scattershot season for him uh, coming in, uh, you know, going on IR a couple of times, um, getting hurt in game once. Uh, he he has been pretty good in nearly five yards per carry on 50 rushing attempts. Uh, and then, you know, I will say that um, we're going to need Tyler Huntley, at least Tyler Huntley back for week 15 if we're going to be confident in anybody in this backfield because teams i'm guessing will not respect anthony brown under i was gonna say i'm shocked you're not trying to sell anthony brown as a streamer actually no i i uh i have uh found the the limit of my sicko play wow i didn't think that was possible but yeah i mean dobbins it just i I felt bad because it should have been a highlight and to me it was like a concerning it was. Uh, piece of footage. Yeah, I mean, he was like, looked like he was dragging that bag. Bad yeah, I couldn't even remember which leg he had hurt. And I was watching the highlight. And like, it looks like he's like carrying his left leg. Yeah, Man. didn't look good. I I, I remember just, just uh, as an aside, I remember Jamal Charles coming back from his first ACL tear. He broke a long run down the sideline in overtime against the Saints, like a 70, 80 yard touchdown where he just, he just let it loose. And he said, that was the first time that he had really cut it loose uh, and gone all out and all out sprint since his ACL injury. So it does take time a lot, a lot of time for these guys to get all the way back where they have the confidence. It's really a mental thing, a confidence to go all out like that. I don't know if Dobbins is there. Well, yeah, maybe he knocked off some of the final rust with that. Actually, like you said, he has at least been going station to station very well. And uh-huh. I mean, part of that's part of the system is when the Ravens are going well, you can plug any back in and they'd average five yards per carry, but he has been plugged in and is averaging five yards per carry. So definitely safe. All no more buys, all 32 teams playing for the fantasy playoffs, but we'll, t- we'll have the ranking show on Tuesday. I'm sure we'll have JK Dobbins inside the top 36, AKA an RB three, AKA an acceptable flex. Mm-hmm. Um, Denny, the dolphins, uh, 
just a bad time on NBC on Sunday night. Um, real, real bad. Back-to-back games now, like kind of like spotlight games against the 49ers and against the Chargers where they have not performed well. I mean, they've had a lot of injuries in the process. Taron Armstead was missing against the 49ers, which kind of derailed the whole operation. He wasn't 100% against the Chargers. Tyreek Hill gets banged up against the Chargers. Jalen Waddell playing through a fibula injury, which, again, is the most bizarre injury uh, designation I've ever seen. Didn't seem like he was anywhere close to 100% because if he was, why was he not more involved in the short game? Um, Jeff Wilson gets carded. Are we concerned, Denny? Are we concerned about the Dolphins? Yeah, right. I mean, you know, just outside of a real football perspective, um, this is a this is a problem. This is a problem for fantasy. I mean, it just it just is, you know. And and they're they're playing the Bills this week. That's tougher. It's way tougher than the Chargers. Like that's a horrible a matchup. Order of magnitude, and it's in Buffalo. It's and I in it's, Buffalo. I believe God. it's supposed to be snowing. Listen, yeah. as a reformed former '90s Dolphins fan, let me tell you what happened to the <laughs> Dolphins in Buffalo in December. It's not good. It's no. not good. Uh, yeah, that's that's going to be a complete slaughter from start to finish. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, to, uh, yeah, it, it makes, I was tweeting to it, it. I know you'll be shocked. I was tweeting. It, it makes no sense that to it was, you know, coming into this game was the second most accurate quarterback in the NFL per completion rate over expected a really good measure of a guy's accuracy. He was minus 21% in, in CPOE against, against the chargers and the chargers were banged up. And even at full health, the Chargers secondary is, is middling. So I, I don't get it. Yeah, that was a bizarre performance from the Dolphins. And it was almost like they came into the game and, like, they were obsessed with, like, working, like, thought they had an edge in the deep game, but then they just didn't, and then they couldn't pivot off of it. Because so I did not understand why they weren't getting more going with the short passing attack. Like, having a quarterback like two attack below and having him only have four completions through, like, three quarters or whatever, yeah. I mean, it was just a horrible game plan. Yeah. And, uh, kind of one of the first times maybe the moment looked a little too big for Mike McDaniel and he did not have a counter punch. So I actually think that it, it's concerning for fantasy for a few reasons. And, and primarily it's because the dolphins have wrecked teams in the middle of the field. Okay. This is, this is a, a something that they've exploited all season. I think it's partly because Tua does not have the kind of arm that can get it to the boundary easily and, and accurately like, like a Justin Herbert but but also two and on will find you. But I know fine. I'm. That's why I'm actually in hiding. I'm 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 in Ar- I'm in Argentina. Just to give you a, a, a tip. But uh, <laughs> I lost my train of thought here. But uh, somewhere down there. But he really, uh, yeah, that's what they tell me. Uh, you know, he, he two has been great in the middle of the field, both to Waddle and, and to Tyreek Hill. And uh, I, I think that the Chargers may have offered the rest of the league a little bit of a model on how to stop that, and that, that's that's going to be a problem for fans. Yeah, that yeah they've they've got to adjust. Uh, they've been put on blast now by two, I guess, good team. I guess the Chargers are a good team. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't. I don't think so. But we'll I see. don't really think so either. But producer Adam points out by the way, Bet MGM currently has the Bills as seven and a half point favorites. Uh, so the old repressed Dolphins fan in you would say. Bills are going to cover that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, this is listen. The Dolphins they're, they're they're lounging around in seventy eight degree Miami, and they have to go up to to you know hellish midwinter Buffalo where the sun goes down at one p.m. <laughs> you know that stinks. Like they they're done. Uh, there's always weird AFC East psychodrama going on between the road trips and the Bills and the Dolphins and the Patriots and. 
I guess the Jets, the, the, for a few years in a row, for some reason, the Patriots went down to Miami in December and just got spanked. Yeah. <laughs> like they were too adjusted right. to winter and just got like just destroyed. And even by Adam Gase the, in the, Miami. Yeah. The weather thing is, is is real. I remember watching uh, the Marino Dolphins go to Buffalo sometimes in in the winter, and uh, and every dolphin would be wearing sleeves, and all the Bills would be sleeveless. And I would think, oh, we have no chance, man. We're done. Wearing sleeves is the the game's over before it even begins. <laughs> um, we thought the game was over before it even began with the Texans and Dolphins, Denny. Uh, but it is the Cowboy, or excuse me, the Texans and Cowboys. Uh, yeah, there you go. We thought it was over before it even began between the Texans and Cowboys, but it wasn't. The Texans kept it surprisingly close. Despite Damian Pierce suffering an ankle injury, I believe he briefly played through it. Then he departed. Now he's day-to-day. Uh, Denny, are, are you going to get sicko in the Texans' backfield this week? Is it? Uh, I, I mean, everyone wants you to say the line, to be frank. Um, a certain season, maybe. A certain Texans reserve running back. But, uh, I will not say Eno Benjamin season. No, I was. I, we're, I wanted the real, the real thing. I wanted oh, you wanted the real thing. You wanted Rex Burkhead. I wanted Rex Burkhead season. Yeah. No, no, I don't. I don't think that's happening. Uh, uh, Eno Benjamin looked like the early down back in place of Pierce after his injury. Uh, Dare Agumbawale was the pass catching back, and then Burkhead mixed in a little bit. So I don't think that we're going to to get our what, what has become our annual Burkhead breakout, you know, and we, we've been waiting. We knew it was coming. Uh, we're not, I don't think we're getting that. There's just, there's just too, too much happening. I think it's an ugly three, three way split. Um, I, I guess, you know, just if game script is going to go haywire for Houston this week against Kansas city, mm-hmm. they wow. seriously had to go from the Cowboys to the chiefs. Yeah. Wow. Oh. So there, so I'm, I'm, so I would project the chiefs to win. And and, uh, and I feel like I'm I'm like monitoring a, an election. We are projecting the Chiefs to win by forty. I know they started out as at least uh, fourteen point favorites. Yeah, I'm not sure what it's at now. So I would guess that Dari Agumbawale would be the only viable option and only in PPR because the Texans will probably be forced to drop back a whole bunch. Adam point. They are for indeed fourteen point road favorites. The Chiefs. Used to be a man with the courage of your convictions, Danny. Uh, you're supposed to say Burkhead season. I wanted to. I wanted to, but the analytics told me I could not. Yeah. No, they, thank you. I mean, you have to listen to the analytics. So, And I have to listen to the timer in my head, which says we'll be right back after this. Did you hear that? That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. Let's go give it to you. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that, that's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Let's go, give it to you. Unlock the energy of the all-electric ZDX Type S. Order now at Acura.com. Friday. Friday. It's almost like whoever named Friday knew it should be celebrated with free fries. Free Fries Friday at McDonald's. Get a free medium fries with any purchase of a dollar or more on the McDonald's app. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Offer valid through 930 to participate in McDonald's excludes tax. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app, go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands this weekend by predicting what will happen in college football, on the PGA Tour, and in the World Cup. There's also $100,000 up for grabs by guessing the outcome between the Giants and Commanders in our Sunday Night 7 contest. And don't forget, download the Rotorold app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It's available in your app store today. Danny, in the promo, we mentioned the World Cup, which you can still catch on Telemundo. Uh, the World Cup final, we don't know the participants yet, will be Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern. Uh, will you be watching or will you just be grinding DFS lineups? Yeah, probably probably that. I actually did not know the World Cup was still going. I thought that, oh that had been uh, I thought that, that had been determined. No? No, they haven't determined the hoister of the World Cup yet, Denny. Right. Um, no. And it's on Telemundo. So if you're gonna when watch you, it, watch it in Spanish. How long how long does this go on? Well, the semifinals are on Tuesday, which could be today, and then Wednesday, and the final is Sunday. We're down oh. to four teams. Argentina Argentina versus Croatia and France versus Morocco, the first ever African side to make the semifinals yeah. of the World Cup. Uh, when you say Croatia, you meant Croatia. Correct? Croatia. That okay. is correct. I like to say Croatia, though. I just wanted to, I just want to make it clear for the viewers that, that a new country did yeah. not emerge no, overnight. It's uh, Croatia. But uh, yeah, what you're gonna do? Uh, I will. I will be ignorant and say Croatia. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, so yeah, I know. I know all sorts of ways to say European. Like, of course, uh, Denmark is actually Denmark. Did you know that? I don't <laughs> uh, even. I, you just made that up. Copenhagen is Copenhagen. Um, they yeah, have all sorts sense. of crazy. Yeah, as we know, Munich is München. Are you? Are you serious? Yeah, I'm dead serious. Where you been, dog? Much to consider about how I pronounce these things. Where you been? Oh, no, no, no. I'm saying that's not how Americans are supposed to pronounce them. Oh, thank God. Yeah, no, 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 no. Sorry. It does. I will say one thing that drives me nuts is the American pronunciation of Iran. I know. Uh, People Uh, say Iran. Well, I mean, come on. I'm from the Midwest. I was just taught to say Iran forever. Well, me too. But then I heard it's not, you know, just say Iran. It's really easy to say. It's really actually easier to say. It is easier. You know what would be easier to say, Denny, uh, is just who the Seahawks <laughs> – there's no transition here for this one whatsoever. <laughs> I was going to complain Pete Carroll just wouldn't tell us who the starting running back is, but I, mean, I think he tried actually. Um, no, yeah. I never believed that. Not The no, thing about Tony Jones, are you kidding me? Oh, no, well, he didn't say that. He didn't no, I say know. that. Yeah, I know. I, all I'll say about that is anyone who watched the Seahawks in Week 13 and saw Tony Jones – Knew that Tony Jones would not be starting in Week 14. Tony Jones, in in brief appearances for the Saints last year, was like clearly the worst player in the NFL. Yeah, he. I don't know what the deal is, but he's not good. No, uh, he was really bad in Week 13 too. Yeah, and like I didn't even consider picking him up on waivers after watching him play the game of football in Week 13. So it's like it's like the only time I ever saw a pregame report that was like this running back is definitely starting for this team at four o'clock, and I thought, nope. Well, I still wonder if that was misconstrued or what. Um, Mm, It was pretty clear. There was a lot going on there. But it's a short week for the Seahawks. Ken Walker is still up in the air. DJ Dallas is still up in the air. It sounds like Pete Carroll said Ken Walker has a chance to play. Mm -hmm. The DJ Dallas doesn't. I kind of mean, 
Pete Carroll says so many things. I, I doubt that Ken Walker is going to play, but we can't rule it out. I mean, they are desperate. They could try to force the issue. Can we possibly go back to the Travis Homer? Well, if Ken Walker does not play, or are we just avoiding the situation at all costs this week? Yeah, I look. The Seahawks play the Niners this week, so there Is will that really be, who they're playing. I, I couldn't remember. Yeah, on Thursday, <laughs> yeah, and and I, I I'm you know Brock Purdy's getting an MRI and all the on his oblique. It's uh, that game game has a lot of questions in it uh, as of right now, which is Monday. Bezos just lost another ten billion off his net worth. Um, right, <laughs> it didn't feel it at all. No, yeah, true. But. So you have to respect that. Uh, yeah, Travis Homer like played all the snaps basically. Uh, Tony Jones, the presumed starter, barely played against Carolina. DJ Dallas was out. DJ Dallas, uh, according to Pete Carroll, will probably not play this Thursday. So you can, I think, you can just kind of dismiss him as an option. Uh, Travis Homer had twenty. Let's see, uh, nine rushes for twenty-six yards, two catches on three targets for eight yards. Nevertheless, he was the only back. Uh, to to really see any action, you're not you're not you know you're not starting him. Like no, you you no. in twelve teams you cannot you cannot start him. I think what this says is <laughs> the Seahawks are going to drop back one million times against the 49ers. Which the more Geno Smith has dropped back, uh, yeah, the more no. Geno he he becomes. Yeah, it's um, um it's it's not not good. The Geno defenders at, like myself are having a tough couple weeks. Geno he's never thrived. When the pocket gets uh, dirty and when decisions must be made very quickly, his decisions often take a sack or commit a fumble. Yeah. Uh, against the Panthers, he looked like Jets Geno, which was oh, no. uh, concerning. Uh, yeah. So no need to even entertain playing Travis Homer. 32 team. I mean, even if you're super desperate, uh, yeah. do option B. Uh, it's first week of the fantasy playoffs. Maybe you're in like a 14 team league. I feel like you've got to have a better option than Travis Homer for the reason right. you just laid out. Yeah, I I, I think so because he he saw everything. He saw the whole like backfield pie, and it, it amounted to nothing against the Panthers. Maybe one of the alternatives could be Jordan Mason Denny, who he will be facing is the number two back now in the 49ers. Seemingly the unquestioned number two back in the 49ers. It's a quarterback Brock Purdy is in kind of injury uncertainty. Slashing hybrid change of pace back. Debo Samuel's out with a high ankle sprain. Could lead to more work for Jordan Mason, we suppose. It also just a short week to game plan with a rookie quarterback, even if Brock Purdy plays. Kind of a lot of things point to maybe a bigger Jordan Mason role. Uh, what do we think of Jordan yeah. Mason? Well, look, uh, Kyle Shanahan, he likes to establish it. We know this. Uh, Kyle Shanahan may not have a better opportunity this whole season uh, to, to, to run the hell out of the ball like he will against a really, really bad Seahawks uh, front seven that has gotten worse over the past month. They have allowed over 2,000 total yards to running backs this season, including f- over 1,500 uh, rushing yards. O- only, uh, only three teams have given up uh, more yardage to uh, rushing yardage to, to running backs. So, I, I, yeah, I mean, Debo out is big. Uh, I think for, for Mason and Mason got 11 carries mostly in garbage time this past week against the bucks. Uh, but I, I, I think that he has a chance if game script goes, you know, uh, like we think it will here. I think he has a chance to see double digit touches, uh, against the Seahawks. You said 2000, they've given up over 2000. I just heard 2000. I'm like, it's been 13 games. Like, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to like fact check Denny live on air. Like that's not possible. Uh, it is indeed quite possible. 
Uh, yeah. what, what in the friggin' world? Like, no, it's it's uh, by many <laughs> measures, by many measures, this year's Seahawks run defense is uh, historically bad. Uh, it's like, gosh, I guess I hate to do it, but I'm going to have to humiliate Denny on the show and say his <laughs> stat is wildly wrong. But no, it's horrifyingly right. And yeah, I'm wow. actually I'm, I'm I'm beating myself up today because I I really didn't uh, didn't appreciate I don't think until recently how bad the Seahawks how exploitable they have no. been for fantasy purposes against running backs like like you know just like we target well every everyone we target against the Bears we got to start doing that with the Seahawks. We targeted the Texans too for a while the the Chargers of course in the running game. Got to get the Seahawks on the list. Um, Denny Jameson Williams. Scored a tutter, a tutty, if you will. Uh, a touchdown is what it uh, still technically goes by in the NFL rule book. Uh, but still usage quite limited. But is the role growing quick enough to maybe come into some interest for the fantasy playoffs? I, You know, you, you would really have to project a, a, a quickly growing role for Jamison Williams in that Detroit offense. He ran six routes, Pat, against uh, who they play, the Vikings. Six routes, okay? So on the six routes, he was targeted twice. He caught one 41-yard touchdown, and that's great. I'm I'm happy for the team. I'm happy for him, most of all. But man, six routes, like we're going to have to, we're going to have to see a lot more than that. It's not like he ran a route on a third of it. He didn't get the Sky Moore treatment. He got the like, all right, I guess you can go in for a few plays treatment. Um, but, you know, maybe maybe if if he is ramped up to a point, he will he will enter maybe a you know fifty percent route rate or something something in that range and at that point he becomes a like a boom bust wide receiver four or something I, he doesn't threaten DJ Chark's playing time by the way he he threatens Josh Reynolds playing time and I I just want to be clear about that because I've that's seen American I've, I've seen I've seen some folks say oh the, it's over for Chark that's not that's not the case it's a three wide receiver set for the Lions would would ideally look like Jameson Williams Amon Ra and Chark. But was what happened on the Jameson Williams? I saw people saying like he didn't run a route, like he was just kind of yeah. like running or something. I looked, what, what? I looked to me like he was kind of blocking, and then he started backpedaling down the field, and golf was like, "Oh, hey." Please. I mean, was it maybe some sort of elaborate fake or something? It, it could, it could have been, it could have been. That doesn't sound like kind of thing Goff would notice unless it were planned. Um, right, right. I, are you? By the way, are you surprised at this report that the Lions see Goff as their long-term quarterback? I was actually going to ask you the exact same question, <laughs> and what I really think it is is just like if a guy's like playing well, you're not going to be like, yeah, yeah, no, we're still moving on from him, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Uh, because what that pick from the Rams is still top five, even after the Rams beat the unfortunately for the Rams sake beat the Raiders. Uh, Rams yeah. were really hoping the Raiders to just not have a stunningly hilarious collapse in prime time on Jeff Be- Bezos TV, but they did, and now the pick's a little worse. But I mean, I, I, maybe maybe he's played himself into like an Alex Smith situation though. Yeah, he gets another starting year while someone like develops behind him. I could see that, but. Because, too, I, there's also debate. So what the, the Lions offensive coordinator is Ben Johnson, I believe. Is that his name? That sounds right. Hopefully that's right. Um, he could get a head coaching job. There's like going to be concerned, like, how will the Lions offense look after they lose their play caller? But I sort of wonder if, like, Dan Campbell is still kind of like the brains behind the operation because everything has been different for the Lions offense since Dan Campbell took over play calling duties late last season. Now, he's not calling the plays this year, 
but he basically like ordered an audible, I think around Thanksgiving last year. And was like, where he was basically like the Anthony Lynn offense, like, this is not working. Like we got to do something like yes. totally different. Uh-huh. And ever since then, they just been a much more fun, creative and uh, actually good offense. And I would just say to people, I wouldn't be like too worried about them losing their offensive coordinator. If he gets a head coaching job. Um, so I think they're really, I think this is just some Dan Campbell magic folks. Um, well, I, I don't really know what to think about golf because if, if you look at his like underlying metrics, he's eighth in EPA per drop back. Ooh, like that's a problem. That that's, that's real good. I mean, that's like Garoppolo territory. I was going to say, I mean, <laughs> and once again, the analytics like a bad quarterback, but, but, and I say that I say bad because if, if, if you look at his, uh, completion rate over expected, he's in line with Russell Wilson. Like he's at, he and, and Davis Mills, he's at the bottom, like the very bottom of of the rankings there. So I, I I don't I don't think he's changed. I think that he's surrounded by a lot of good pass catching talent, like he was for a time uh, with, with the Rams, and that can elevate a quarterback like golf. Yeah, yeah, I think he is just being elevated, but too by his coaching staff because he. I'm looking at the schedule. I mean, even against the Bills, you know, he had a good game. He had a pretty bad game against the Packers. That was a really weird game. It was. Has not had, he had a horrible game against the Cowboys and the Patriots. But uh, so maybe still the same, Jared. They had a pretty easy schedule. The Vikings, the Jaguars, the Giants, the Bears, the Packers, et cetera, et cetera. But, I mean, there's no way uh, – so what's what's what year is it, Denny? <laughs> it's 2012. There's no way Jared Goff is still the Lions starting quarterback in 2024. I'll say that. Yeah. Right. I'm willing to believe maybe in 2023, but with the draft capital they're going to have, uh, I, I think they're going to think it's time. They, they've been so patient where they took the tackle, then they took the wide receiver. Yeah. I don't think on their third try, they're going to really pass up the quarter, especially since it's kind of like a gift horse pick, like a pick they shouldn't even have. Yeah, right. Like I, I get the feeling they're finally going to do it this year. They they should. And just please, Dan, if you're listening, do not draft a running back with that pick. No. And I also think they're just doing what Sean McVay refused to do with Jared Goff, where they're just like being polite and like trying to like give him props at least for like right. ha- like they know he's in the room, so they're not going to talk bad about him. Whereas like Sean McVay at the end is like, yeah. Jerry like, points the like, come on, like he pokes his head. Yeah. You know, it makes like an empty sound. I mean, come on, man. What, what, what am I supposed to do with this? Yeah, I know exactly where the Lions are at least trying to pay deference to the fact that he's having a good season. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. But yeah, no way. There's no no way in hell. <laughs> he's the long-term quarterback <laughs> in Detroit. Then he the long-term tight end. Now the only tight end that matters is Chig Aconquo. <laughs> kind of started out as a meme because he is a difficult to, to pronounce name, but he had been posting pretty steady stat lines for a while. I mean, now he's legitimately posting tight end one stat lines. Uh, 68 yards in week 13. Then against the Jaguars on Sunday, six catches for 45 yards and a touchdown. And tight end has just been so bad. He said at least five targets in three straight games. In a really, really bad week for waivers. Is he like maybe like the safest overall ad? I mean, a lot of teams that are, are already set at tight end aren't going to be looking at Chig Conquo, but – he feels like maybe like the only like truly potentially difference making ad to me this week even. Yeah, I, I could see that. I mean, I, I I'm writing in my in my waiver column, which will be live on the site on Tuesday. Whether today's Tuesday or not, we can't say. Uh, but you know, he it, he saw increased uh, snaps and routes outside of the heavier 
uh, formations for Tennessee. So it wasn't just when, um, you know, they had two or three tight ends on the field. Uh, and I, so I think the Titans recognize what they have in Oconquo. I would also say that usually chasing like insane tight end efficiency doesn't work out for us. No, um, where we did that with a guy I like to call Albert. O. um, (laughs) and, uh, you know, we're, we still have to see how that shakes out. But that's too early to too early to say on that one. So far, uh, it has not worked, and um, you know, so I I am a little hesitant there. But you know, he's he's running just enough routes, I think, to stay relevant. If he keeps up that you know red zone involvement, um, I I think that he can continue this for for a bit. But Austin Hooper is still a thing. He's still there. He's still running more routes. He's still seeing more targets. So we we have to keep that in mind. I guess the the Chigasans yesterday too. The touchdown did come with Traylon Burks in the concussion protocol. Yes, yes, but uh-huh. I mean, this is a team. They the Titans desperately need quality targets, and he has been producing them. Yeah. Um, so Denny, it's been a light agenda so far. Uh, we we gotta we gotta pad this out a little bit. Yeah. I'm just going into your column and must have start shouting names. I mean, <laughs> okay. Oh, hold on, you really. This is actually for real. You're writing up Gary Brightwell. <laughs> Tell the folks what team Gary Brightwell is on. Um, Gary Brightwell is an NFL player who plays for the New York Giants. Uh, I feel like a Wikipedia entry right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, Denny is not reading Wikipedia right now. <laughs> no. no. Uh, He's an but, American football running back for the National Football Conferences. That's right. The New York Football Giants, I should point out. Uh, yeah, I think that he's the guy to roster uh, if and when the Giants, uh, you know, either rest Saquon Don't speak Barkley that into existence. Don't speak that into existence. Why, dude, I mean, he's he's hurt. He has a neck injury. He barely played against the Eagles. Like, well, by the way, it's not happening this week on NBC Sunday night, eight twenty p.m. Be, Eastern. Commanders Giants. Tune in to see Saquon Barkley. <laughs> so, no, they really won't be resting it. They're still alive for the, the playoffs yeah. right now. Um, right. And so my, my thought is like, if, if the season really does go into the toilet for the giants uh, next week, and then the week after that, I think Brightwell, And then they say, okay, fine. We're not going to, you know, risk Saquon and his neck injury in week 17, which is fantasy championship week. I think Brightwell is the guy, you know, he he's actually had, uh, you know, some, some decent runs. I mean, only, he only has like 15 rushes on the season, so it's very small sample size. Um, but I, I do, I do think that he's the guy over Matt Breida. Uh, although Matt Breida will probably be the passing down back, but here's the thing about the giants. They don't pass. So, uh, you know, we, you, you, you're going to want bright. Well, if Barkley sits. Then I see in your own column, you're putting yourself on blast where you say, <laughs> I may or may not have told you two months ago that Raheem Blackshear is the Panthers' best backfield option. Uh, <laughs> apparently, are you saying he's zero percent rostered? Um, so I'm not sure many people followed you down uh, the well on that yeah. advice. But you, are you saying to Adam now? Well, uh, the Carolina backfield is now a an ugly three way split between Chuba Hubbard, Deontay Foreman, and uh, Blackshear. And Blackshear is good. He's team preseason. You know, he was good in college. So stop, stop yelling at me. Stop trying to silence me. Uh, uh, against the, um, the Seahawks, he had 32 yards and a touchdown on four carries. He led Carolina backs in pass routes. You know, so he has that going for him. What I'm saying is, he actually is decent. He is a decent player. I think he's. I think he's good. I think that he's a Khalil Herbert esque. Uh, I think that if either Hubbard or Foreman get dinged up in the next two or three weeks, 
Blackshear becomes very interesting in a in a Carolina offense that I can't emphasize this enough refuses to pass the ball. I mean, their pass rate over expected is off the charts low. It's like lower. It may, it makes the Bears look like the Chiefs. So so uh, you know, even if even if he, Blackshear doesn't end up getting like the whole workload, of course, no one no one can handle forty carries. That was just what he would need to do. That I think that he could still be interesting for fantasy. I couldn't help but notice you didn't write up any quarterbacks. Maybe you just haven't gotten to them yet. I, you know, we we're working on that. But so, like, <laughs> but so you probably will. I'm assuming, correct? I will. Uh, we but, will have some quarterbacks. No one would fault you if you didn't, though, because it is probably the worst quarterback streaming week I've seen all year. Where maybe the like the two most exciting options would be Mike White against the Lions or Brock Purdy against the Seahawks, but they both have like very serious injury questions. And are you really going to be able to spin fab on guys uh, who you don't really know if they're going to be able to play? Because yeah. like Mike White against the Lions, that's kind of a pretty appealing spot there. Like it is. A shootout. Yeah. Um, Brock Purdy against the Seahawks, same deal, but there's just a chance by Tuesday evening when bids are due, you're not going to have any idea. And then it's what's like Ryan Tannehill against the Chargers. It's Mac Jones against the Raiders. Baker Mayfield or something against the Packers. Oh, uh, Desmond Ritter. So it it is really hope you're not streaming quarterbacks the first week of the fantasy playoffs because there are yeah. not many options. That um, well, you know, you know who was shaping up to be a pretty nice play this week, Pat is uh, one Russell Wilson. I know um, who, who are they playing. They're, they playing they're playing the Cardinals, the ultimate pass funnel uh, defense. And uh, Russell, you know, over the past two weeks before that head injury was looking pretty, pretty good. So, well, hold on, let's not get it, let's not get carried away. It was twenty-seven to nothing before he finally started throwing some touchdowns against the Chiefs. But. I only think in terms of fantasy. Okay, I don't care. <laughs> I, I don't care that that he struggled and that he looked like the worst quarterback in the league for two quarters before he, before he threw any touchdowns to the Broncos. He threw one to Willie Gay on the Chiefs, and yeah. one of the most hilarious <laughs> plays of the entire year where then tried to tackle Willie Gay and looked like a, like a peewee league player. <laughs> it was so bad. I uh, really, I, I thought that the Broncos were going to complete that comeback and it would have been one of the more stunning things I've ever seen. In it would have been, it would have been like the chiefs kind of like the golden state warriors. Where like they just like turned it off at halftime. Like, like do you, do you, didn't, do you notice this stuff? Like they're still trying or something. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I will say that Travis Kelsey embodied uh, that, that feeling or that sense. Uh, Kelsey was like, you know, laughing it up, having a good time with the boys in the first quarter. Yeah. Mahomes like, will occasionally go into like Steph Curry mode. Like uh, Travis, really. man, keep your head in this game, man. <laughs> he, he dropped three balls. He dropped a touchdown. Um, you know, he, I mean, Travis Kelsey should have had 35 fantasy points yesterday and, uh, he had like nine. I actually didn't know that kind of triggered by that. Yeah. I, uh, my DFS lineups are triggered by that. Speaking of triggered, we got to trigger everyone's this time to talk about the kicker of the week, Denny. Let's go. Uh, well, all right. I'm not going to talk about Robbie. Oh Gould. no, you're already you're already Wait. qualifying. Robbie Gould's 45% roster. So I don't want anybody to say not in my league. Robbie Gould was drafted in the sixth round in my league. Uh, so, but Robbie Gould is a great play. You got to play him on Thursday night. Yeah, we're going back to Joey Sly, folks. Okay, Joey Sly never missed Arm Day. Plays for the Commanders. Because uh, say, say what team he's on. I can never remember if he's the Commanders or Panthers. I know you always think he's the Panthers. Uh, play, yeah, plays for the Commanders. Uh, uh, commanders are at home. 
three and a half point favorites, and no one wins at Washington. Okay. No one goes into Washington and wins. Actually, everybody does. And they have no fans. And 75% of the stadium is going to be Giants fans. But no matter, no matter. The Giants are giving up, uh, let's see, the third most field goal attempts on the season and a league high 3.9 red zone possessions per game. We're rolling out Joey Sly, folks. Yeah, field goals will be settled for in this game. And beautiful, crystal clear 4K on NBC mm-hmm. at 8.20 p.m. Hopefully we have a 4K broadcast. I don't actually know if we do. 8.20 p.m. Eastern, Sunday night. Uh, yeah, Okay, Adam, we do have a 4K broadcast, <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> So, seemed like something we would have. Yeah, but, uh, seems like the uh, National Broadcasting Corporation. I don't, I don't have, have a 4K, 4K TV yet. At least I, I don't think I do. My TV is pretty nice, actually. Well, like I told you the other day, I have to look into what 4K is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for revealing I've been making 4K jokes. <laughs> Wasn't even the first 4K joke you've had to endure. I, I have I have to figure out two things. What's 4K and what's 5G? I don't know it either. <laughs> yeah, I almost sounded like a Twitter meme. We used to have hope, jobs, and uh, whatever the other one was. Oh, and cash and cash. Yeah, cash. Yeah, there you go. Now we now all we have is 4K, 5G, and um, actually, my my kid the other day said I caught him in 4K. He told me that, and I said, really? "What?" He said, "I caught him red-handed, Dad." I said, I said, okay, I need you. I need you to not use terms. I don't know. <laughs> That's so scary. My yeah, kids aren't old enough to use slang yet. Um, so <laughs> not looking forward to that. No, it's not. It's not fun. Not looking forward to the end of the show, but it, it is here. Yes. Um, we have to end it because there's nothing else to talk about. All right. And it's kind of a miracle we made it this far. But so for Denny, whose waiver wired article, waiver wired article will be out by the time you're listening to this. Check it out on Tuesday Uh, for Denny. I'm Pat. Early ranks will be up on Tuesday. Thanks for listening. I'll be back on Tuesday with Lawrence and Kyle Dvorak. Or is it Tuesday? I don't actually know. Um, So thank you for listening. We'll be back later. Friday. Friday. It's almost like whoever named Friday knew it should be celebrated with free fries. Free fries Friday at McDonald's. Get a free medium fries with any purchase of a dollar or more on the McDonald's app. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Offer valid through 930 to participate in McDonald's excludes tax. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.